unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Oftentimes we can say in self-criticism, oh, I'm just not a patient person. I'm not creative. I'm not organized or whatever. Actually, we do have all of those attributes within us. But just like the acorn here, it needs to be planted Mm -hmm. and it needs to be nourished. And that's where the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ and repentance can come into play in a really powerful and unique way is it's helping us to develop who we already are. Hey everybody, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. Today, for another lovely December episode, we are here with Brooke Snow. Welcome, Brooke Snow. Thank you so much. So today, without further ado, the topic we're going to be discussing is how Jesus can help us fulfill our potential. And uh, I'm looking forward to listening to what you have to say on this subject because I, I need to learn about it. Um, but before we get into that, I want you maybe to just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, tell us what you're about. Um, I know you're working on several things simultaneously all the time. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and, and your background, and then we'll jump in. Okay, awesome. Well, um, I am Brooke Snow. I live in Northern Utah, and I love Jesus. And a lot of my work centers around helping people live in their true identity, which we can talk about a little bit in a minute. Okay. Um, I've written a book on the topic, Living in Your True Identity. You can find it on Amazon. And I also love to teach Christ-centered meditation. Okay. And so that is a fun topic as well, especially for having Jesus help us reach our potential. Well, I'm glad we're going to talk about that because I'm going to be totally honest. I'm a dude <laughs> and I don't meditate. You and I will embark on a quick session of heart rate meditation. I'm not sure I'm interested in that. No, I am sure. I am not interested in that. Man, when I yes. think of, well, yes. well, okay, well, here's the, so like <laughs> Latter-day Saints, we pray, right? That's kind of a form of meditation, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess you could say in that way, yes, mm-hmm. and meditate. But when I think of meditation, I'm thinking of a yoga club right. and I'm thinking um, maybe some elements of astrology or, or the zodiacers. I don't know. Those are just words that come into my head when I think meditation. So I'm not familiar with it. So maybe, maybe can we start with that? Can yeah, you tell me yeah, a yeah. little bit about that and how it relates to our topic today? Right. Sure. Please do. So there's actually, I'm glad that you mentioned all of the things Stigma. that you think of when you think of meditation. And there's actually really a spectrum of meditation. And most people think along the lines of what you just said right there. Yeah. And I would say like on one end of the spectrum is like thoughtlessness where people just imagine, you know, just emptying your mind of all thoughts. Mm. And then I would say as you kind of progress along the spectrum, there's what I would call like focused attention. Maybe okay. it's repeating a mantra in your mind or something like that. If you are more on the spectrum of thoughtlessness, this is going to be a great conversation <laughs> because I love just sitting and doing nothing and <laughs> emptying my mind and not thinking about anything. It's one of my favorite hobbies. It's actually harder to do than you might realize. Ron, you radiated mindfulness. What were you thinking about? I wasn't thinking at all. Incredible. Do you just, Are you able to completely empty your mind? Well, I thought it's kind of a, a guy thing. <laughs> 
don't know if I could say that on camera, but I feel like a lot of guys are just like, yeah, my hobby is doing nothing. I feel like I'm pretty good at like compartmentalizing things, except of course when you're like trying to sleep at night and then your brain is just yeah, like going. Yeah, it just goes. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think I'm pretty good at it sometimes. The thoughtlessness is really being able to just control your mind. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of thoughts that come in and just being able to be in control rather than thoughts controlling you. Mm. So that's where thoughtlessness is. You've got your like focused attention okay. uh, meditation. And then on the other side of the spectrum, it's really where I tend to focus a lot of my meditation, which is what I call spiritual creation meditation. Okay. Yes. Break that down for me, please. Let's just describe it as like very sensory. So it includes visualization. And this is where I think we can actually take the way we normally pray in our church culture um, to a meditative level and just kind of up level it a little bit. Okay. And instead of just saying words, for example, um, can you actually bring in pictures into mm. your mind? Okay. Another great thing, let, let's bring Jesus into this, right? Yes, please. <laughs> like we, we pray to Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I actually visualize the Lord? Mm. And I love to visualize Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and like in the same space as me. And that alone like can be really transformative in like how a prayer actually feels. Yeah. Because I'm seeing something in my mind and... Uh, it will change the way that I actually speak. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, a long time, for a long time, prayer was difficult. Um, I've been through periods where I haven't prayed at all and where I just felt like I was going through the motions. And, yeah. You know, I've got my list, my memorized list that I just go through that. Mm -hmm. And, but you think about like a good friend that you have, that you're able to have a really good conversation with. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just like the two of us sitting here, it's easier for us to have that back and forth conversation because we're in the same space. Yeah. Like if you're down the hall or down the street, like we're going to have a different conversation. And I think I kind of thought of praying in a way like that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I imagined that God was really far away. Yeah. It was sort of like I'm addressing a letter to him. <laughs> like, well, that's uh, kind of the format, listing, right? Like, these are the things that I am grateful for and this is what I want. And if you get around to it, thank you. The end. Yeah. Um, but if you can come into the same space, just like conversation like this, then there tends to be more space for talking and listening. Like I, and I used to put listening always at the end of a prayer rather than like in a conversation where I would speak mm. and then you would speak and, you know, you just kind of have more of that exchange. And so that's what I see as like the spiritual creation meditation is I, first of all, I'm visualizing that I'm in the same space as the Lord and we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'll speak and then I'll, I'll pause and I'll listen. And the things that I pray for, the things that I desire, things that I'm working on, I visualize what does that actually look like? And so it, it feels slower um, than the memorized outline that yeah. we usually do, but it's a, a really empowering and inspirational way to not be in the rut anymore with yeah. prayer. Getting out of that yeah. same old thing. Right. Hmm. And just being able to to feel more. Because I think when I just go off of the memorized list, um, it's like it's become so autopilot that the feeling mm 
-hmm. is not there. But when you bring in the pictures, like the visual images, like the feeling comes with it too, because mm. you're you're seeing something. You're actually having an experience, yeah. And it changes the the quality of the prayer. So from the outside looking in, you're using terms like meditation and spiritual creation, which bring with them a lot of potential baggage and, and imagery to people's minds if they're not familiar with what you're talking about. But ultimately, what you're talking about is making your prayers more real. Yeah. Yeah, I like that description. That's Great. Mm -hmm. Well, you can keep that idea for free. <laughs> Good. You can use it with, you know, we people who have strange images come to our minds with meditation. Anyways, okay, so let's talk more about Jesus and and our potential. And maybe, maybe this has perhaps provided kind of a foundation um, for how Jesus can help us fulfill our potential. But in your life, how has Jesus done that for you does that question make sense yeah, like how has because yeah. because right now i mean you're doing a lot of great things you're writing books you're teaching classes you, you've got a lot going on and, and maybe i'm wrong but it seems like you're reaching new heights with your potential yeah. jesus is a big part of that explain to me how that works so i can tap into that kind of thing yeah so I think the power of the atonement is what helps us to reach our potential. How? And, and I would also uh, go even more focused in on that and say the power of repentance. Mm. I, I love repentance so much. And it hasn't always been that way. I think repentance is a word that has had baggage. Yes, because it implies you did something wrong. Right, right. Which nobody likes doing. And I think President Nelson has really helped to reframe the meaning of repentance. And a few years ago, he gave a conference talk and talking about how repentance is just change. Hmm. And ultimately, that's what reaching your potential is, is we are continuously changing ourselves mm. into becoming like God, right? Light bulb. Okay, I brought something for you. Great. Do you know what ah, that is? This is a seed with a hair coming out of it. <laughs> which is rather disturbing, but uh, yeah, a seed, right? A, it is a seed. Do you know what kind nut? of seed it is? Um, belonging to the acorn family. Good job. I totally put you on the spot and you're doing really well. well my, my years of herbology are coming <laughs> back to me. Um, that's all I got though. I Kay. imagine it will grow into a tree if you plant it. Yes. So this is an acorn. This is an acorn? It is an acorn. Now, there are many different kinds of oak trees, so the different acorns will look different depending on what kind of oak it is. Okay. This is a columnar oak, one of my very favorite kind of oak trees. Oak I gathered columnar. it myself and brought it for you. Thank you. So the reason I'd love to use the acorn as a symbol here is because the acorn itself already has everything inside of it. A lot of potential. To become an oak tree. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And likewise, we already have everything inside of us to become like God. Mm. Literally, like all of his characteristics and attributes are in us already. And I think when you say become like God, we're not ta ta necessarily talking about, you know, phenomenal cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. Creating worlds and whatnot. We're talking about those attributes. We're talking about 
being kind yeah, and, and being benevolent yeah, right. and merciful. Right. That's a, a good distinction, I think, right. to make for people that aren't familiar with our faith. Which is really neat when you think about it, because oftentimes we can say in self-criticism, oh, I'm just not a patient person. Yeah. I'm not creative. I'm not organized or whatever. Actually, we do have all of those attributes within us. But just like the acorn here, it needs to be planted mm -hmm. and it needs to be nourished. And that's where the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ and repentance can come into play in a really powerful and unique way is it's helping us to develop who we already are. But we have to do the work of planting ourselves in the ground and consistently watering the seed and yeah. nourishing it to be able to grow. So what's my part in that process and what is Jesus's part. Okay. I'm going to bring meditation in again. Okay. Okay. Great. So for example, we talked about having prayer time be a time in which it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's visual. I am imagining the Lord is there with me. I'm able to have this conversation with him. One of the things I love to do as like an evening meditation at the end of the day is I, I like to just replay my day visually. Mm -hmm. And this is a prayer. I count this as a meditation and I will just replay like a movie from the moment I got up to the end of the day in gratitude. And it's cool because a lot of things I notice during that meditation, I didn't notice in actual like living out the experience. And so hmm. I might see myself with my family and I can just experience the gratitude of that. And maybe I had a conversation with someone or I learned something and I can experience gratitude. And inevitably, there will be a moment that I come upon in my day where I go, oh, that wasn't such a great moment for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is where I love repentance and this visualization because that moment I actually try to do over. I call mm. it my, my do over. And it's like, okay. And this is, I imagine Jesus is right beside me. And sometimes I imagine it's sort of like I'm watching myself. And it's like, how could I do this better? Hmm. How could I do this differently? And so maybe I was on my phone and my kids are trying to talk to me and I was totally distracted. I mean, just a little moment like that. Yeah. And so the, the practice of actually seeing the way that I want to be mm -hmm. and seeing how I could take that actual experience and turn it into something that um, develops maybe the quality of presence that I'm working on or something like that. And I get to do over that moment. Sometimes there are things that are really difficult. Maybe I have patterns or habits that are really unsupportive. And in, instead of repentance being this thing where it's like, please forgive me for this thing that I did, amen. It's actually using that time to practice a better way. And sometimes I don't actually know the better way. Sometimes I actually need the Lord in those moments to say, can you show me what the better way is? Hmm. Because here I am and I'm repeating this pattern over and over again. And I don't want to keep repeating this pattern. I want to create a better pattern. I want to develop this attribute that I'm working on and I need your help. What does it look like? And so in that meditation moment, um, he's a coach to me. Like he can help me see, this is what you can say. This is what you can do. This is how you can see this situation differently so that he can help me be able to develop mm -hmm. what it is I'm working on. That's a really interesting visualization um, in, in discussing our part versus the Lord's part, looking at him kind of as a coach. 
you know, your coach is the one who makes this whole sport possible, right? Christ is the one who makes repentance and change possible through his atonement. But you've got a lot of work to do and you are the one who's going to have to change at the same time. Christ is the one that makes that change possible, but he's coaching you along the way right. at the same time. Right. Hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, Dieter F. Uchtdorf's talk um, from several years ago when he was talking about, it was one of his pilot stories, mm -hmm. and uh, he was talking about how the metaphor was when life gets super busy and you're overwhelmed and you've got all these things to do, how do you get through it? And so he was talking about how when you're in a plane and you're experiencing turbulence, some people might think, oh, just speed the plane up and get through it. But he says, no, there's an optimal speed that will get you through that turbulence and usually it's going to require you to slow down right. a lot. Right. And that kind of sounds like what you're talking mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. slowing down and kind of just being aware of, of your actions and your patterns and your habits yeah. and making course corrections as needed. And, and, and it sounds like it just comes down to taking the time to do that and to put forth effort into doing it as opposed to just filling our schedules and living every day um, quickly and without pausing. Even sometimes our prayers, as you mentioned, are just yeah. say it, say it, say it, done type of thing. So this kind of mindfulness, I think, is really could be really helpful. Well, to me, it's helped me develop a true friendship with mm -hmm. the Lord. And like I say, I can have these moments where I do the do-overs and I, I get coaching from him where, as Isaiah would probably say, he is the mighty counselor, mm -hmm. right? And then the next day when I have a similar scene in my day, I've, I've rehearsed it with his help. And there have been moments where because I've had that rehearsal spiritually, I actually can feel like him beside me because I, I visualized that, you know, the day before. Hmm. And I, I feel his presence and I feel like the the words and the coaching that he's given me the day before, like in that moment. And it feels like because of that, it's really incorporating a sense of co-creation of my life so that, you know, I can nourish the seed yeah. and become who I'm created to become. I love what what Chris Pratt said on one of the awards shows he was on several years ago, he was like, people are going to tell you that, that, that you're perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's <laughs> perfect. None of us. And, and, uh, and that's true. Like we're, we all need to grow and change, but for those seeds out there, what specific advice would you give them right now to help them push into that next phase? I would say that first of all, that the Lord loves you. And I think, you know, what you mentioned the word perfection is that sometimes we can think to ourselves that we're supposed to be farther along than we are, hmm. you know, that maybe I'm supposed to be this full oak tree or even a sapling. And yet I know I'm, I'm just a seed. And to understand that everything that is worthwhile takes time to grow. There's this really obscure poem that was in a talk by Boyd K. Packer. And he talks about the mayfly and how the mayfly actually um, is born, grows to adulthood, mates and has babies and dies all within five days. And he says in there that 
which grows the slowest lasts the longest. And mm. I just really like that um, contrast there, you know, the mayfly that like all of those things, its entire life yeah. happens in five days. And then there's us mm -hmm. and we are the seeds and it takes a lot longer. And when you even study seeds as well, like when I plant my garden, there's different germination periods for all the different seeds. Like I can plant my lettuce and my lesson, my lettuce is up in like five days. Yeah. And then the carrots, they take like three months, it mm. seems like, to be able to come up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important in our own growth to remember that change takes time and that which grows the slowest lasts the longest. And also with that, another gardening metaphor that my mom has told me several times I love. Um, she says that like when you plant anything, um, the gardeners always say the first year it sleeps, mm. the second year it creeps, the third year it leaps. And, you know, when you're going through the process of developing those attributes or you're going through a trial and you're trying to learn the lesson that you're supposed to learn, sometimes it can feel like you're not growing at all. Mm -hmm. it can feel like it's the sleep year, right? Yeah. Or the creep year. But the important thing to know about the seeds is that even though it looks like nothing is growing above ground, there's so much happening underneath. Yeah. Like that's the time that all the roots are just like spreading out and they're like gaining a foundation and they're becoming strong and being able to gather all the nutrients. So when it's time, it can send that energy above ground. And we, we can judge ourselves and say like, nothing's happening above ground. <laughs> like I don't see any change in, in how I'm behaving or in my environment or in my relationships or anything like that. But if you're doing the work and you're sincerely trying and the Lord loves you, if you're doing that, remember that the change happens underground first and continue to put in the time and continually nourish the seed and it will bring forth fruit. I hope all you guys heard that. That was, that was great. Thank you so much for that. Do you have any final thoughts, anything else you'd like to add? I would just with that continue to, to nourish the seed. Like it's a process that mm. takes repetition. Can't just and water it once. And yeah. Leave it. Like we got to keep going. Learned that the hard <laughs> way with my fern back at home. Dang it. But the Lord, he loves to watch us grow. Like his Lord's work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. And that he doesn't expect that perfection. He actually delights. It's like his glory. He loves to be with us and to help us do those do-overs and to like see the way that he can coach us into doing things better and yeah. developing into who he As any father be. would with their children, right. as any parent would with their children. Right. Brooke Snow, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your wisdom. If people want to contact you with questions or if they want to see more of the things that you've been involved with, where can they go? Yeah, I have a website, brooksnow.com. I have a podcast on iTunes, the Brooke Snow Podcast. Good spots. Thank you so much okay. for being with us. Thank you for watching, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.